So, uh, Joe, uh, record is on. Whenever you're ready to do your rock and roll promo, please proceed. Hi, this is Joseph Snyder and Christopher Brown from uh, www.lannisterdevelopment.com on Vroom Vroom Veer today. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. No problem. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Tony Carlson. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Beer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here. Uh, you are at bestdayofmylife.com. I think I got that right. And uh, talk a little bit about what you've got going on at your business that you're most excited about today. Um, well, thank, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, Best Day of My Life is a apparel lifestyle brand that we recently relaunched 16 weeks ago. And we believe it's hard to have a bad day when you set your intention and walk out of the door of your house wearing something that says best day of my life. Yeah, it sparks I conversation. It's fun. Some it's people positive. wear it super positive. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, people really wear our stuff for one of two reasons. Um, some people are just positive. And then some people it's for an event. Maybe they're getting married. Maybe they bought a motorcycle. Maybe they went skydiving. The list goes on and on and on. Right. So, you know, uh, and then we also uh, our company is about giving back, purchasing with a purpose. So we're a big, big supporter of a charity called Front Row Foundation. And 10% of everything for our company goes directly to them. And what they do is they take critically ill people and put them in the front row of an event of their choice to help them have the best day of their life during their last days. So that's near and dear to our heart. We love that charity. And that's uh, one of the main reasons we started this company and relaunched it 16 weeks ago. But uh, that's a little bit about best day of my life. Um, that's helpful. No, that's perfect. I love it. I, and later on, we're going to talk about the origin story of best day of my life because it's funny. So I like, I like funny stories. And we're also sure. going to talk later about how you ended up owning a bus, right? That sounds like a fun story. I, I do. Uh, not a yes, lot of people a own a bus, right? Uh, and then yeah. uh, we're also going to talk about how you ended up spending an entire day with a sticker on the back of your head and you didn't know. So that's, that's uh, thanks for sharing a story that <laughs> little moment of vulnerability there. There yeah, you go. You well done. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, before we get into all of that though, this is room, room beer. So we have to go back in time and talk about what you were like as a kid. Okay. So go ahead and just describe what your childhood was like. Sure. Um, like a my, therapy session, you know, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I feel like I'm laying on the couch right now. So, um, so my mom worked for the airlines for 37 years. She was a purser on international flights. So she and her and my dad divorced when I was little. So she was gone about half the time, um, but still a huge part of my life to this day. And uh, good old Grandma Chris, as we call her for my kids. Mm. Uh, I grew up in Bellevue, Washington until about fourth grade. And Ooh, then I, nice moved down to the, I moved down to about the Portland, Oregon area. And... Uh, uh, that's where I went all the way through grade school and high school and uh, have lived ever since. So I live right outside of Portland in uh, Vancouver, Washington. I was the kid that was the serial entrepreneur. I was the kid that was walking the dog and washing the car 
and wow. mowing the lawns okay. and painting the house numbers on the curbs. Anything I could do to, to get out there, yeah. make some money. Yeah. You know? Wow. Good for you. So it was yeah. somewhat like you were born that way, huh? You know, I, I was always, I, I've always felt like, you know, if I want something, it's pretty simple, pretty lucky to be born in this country instead of somewhere else. You just right. go out, make money and buy whatever you want. And that's kind of the philosophy I've had since day one. And it's always worked for me. So I had a whole shed and tools and woodworking and all kinds of things at like 14 years old that I'd all bought myself. Holy cow. Wow. So you started actually making money as a kid. No doubt. <clears throat> Good for you. <laughs> it, it, a pretty cool thing actually happened not too long ago. Um, I got a call from a uh, someone I knew growing up, the older grandma style uh, couple that I knew from my neighborhood growing up. And they're like, Hey, Tony, we found something we think you might want. And I was like, all right, I don't know what you're talking about, but I went over to their house and next to their water heater, they found this metal sign that I had made for my car washing business when I was probably 13 years old. Wow. It was metal. It had the pricing. It was in colors. It was awesome. So I actually <laughs> took that. I took it to my office. We framed it. It hangs on the wall at headquarters and kind of is that little reminder of the entrepreneur dream that I think uh, resides in a lot of us. Yeah, that's amazing. Good for you. I love that story. That's great. So uh, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit about what high school was like. I mean, did you fit into one of those um, major, like, uh, what was it, breakfast club categories? You know, I went to private Christian school, and that was an interesting experience. I really enjoyed it. I was sheltered from a lot of the the stuff that most kids uh, are exposed to. Like no one, there's one kid in the school that smoked like one time and everyone was like, Oh, that guy. Right. <laughs> okay. You know? All right. No, gotcha. no one got pregnant. Like everyone sure. was pretty positive. My graduating class had about 60 people in it. Wow. And, um, high school was great. I was the preppy kid. I, uh, I went to Nordstrom rack and I had my khaki pants and then I had, uh, the shirts, uh, Fasanab, which I pronounced falconable for many years. <laughs> <laughs> in every single color uh, they sold, and I wore that, and that was my my that was jam. Your uniform, falconable, huh? and some uh, you know some khaki pants, and that's I what it. I wore every day. I never wore jeans. Wow. I tried all the sports once; wasn't good at any of them, but I tried them because <laughs> I'm I'm a big guy. I'm six foot five, two hundred fifteen pounds. Wow, and athletic, and but I was never good at any of that stuff at all. <laughs> so but I tried. You know, um, I, I should show up and try. Very right. athletically inclined, so okay. I was like, well, maybe I'm good at something. Like I'm right. pretty good at bowling. That's about it. <laughs> um, but we had no bowling team. So uh, high school was a fun time in my life. Um, my senior year, I really got into my first quote unquote sales job, and that's Cutco. And maybe we'll talk about that a little today. For sure. But my yeah. senior year of high school, I made forty four thousand dollars selling Cutco knives. Um, wow! As a in job. high school. And when you're 17 and have no wow. bills, that's basically $100 million. Yeah. So I did wow. exactly as I should. I went and spent it all on an awesome car immediately. <laughs> I, got a, I got a Toyota Supra twin turbo, put wow. Cutco on the license plate. And that's what I was driving uh, when I graduated high school. They announced me at graduations, the, kids that made, the kid that made twice as much as all the teachers. That's and, hilarious. Uh, wow. That, that was my, uh, my high school years. And uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. So did did you um, did you end up going to college or did you just start making money? Because you great question. So I, yeah, I right? always intended I intended to go to college, but okay. this is what I learned with my very simple minded seventeen year old brain. Right. And I learned oh, starting pay out of college at that time was thirty four thousand a year. And I you made forty four thousand. Right. So I was like, well, why would I go pay to make less? Makes no sense. I'm out. 
my okay. mom's heartbroken for years. Like right. you can't, you can't make money selling knives, you know, and <laughs> uh, haven't you sold to everyone? And um, the interesting thing uh, about that is it really made me learn how to learn. So, you know, I think people can get good at most things, not everything, but most things you want to get good at blank, go Google top five books on blank, read them, take notes on them, implement, and you're pretty good at blank. Right. You know, so you're not going to be like world class, but you're going to be better than most people. No doubt. Right. We live in a world of instant information. And most people, I heard 50% of people never pick up a book after high school. 50%. Yeah. And that's kind of mind boggling to me. Yeah. So I was just always under the um, belief system that if I wanted to get good at something, I could probably figure it out. There's a lot of people out there willing to help you. And there's a lot of information. Right. And so that's what I did. So I'm kind of self-educated. I find a lot of value in college education for certain people in certain jobs. But right. I also, I also hurts me when people graduate college not really with a plan with a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Yeah, that's so, scary. You know, <clears throat> no, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's like I did college, but uh, I did college. You know, I was taking like a class here and a class there throughout twenty years of Air Force. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your service. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but but by the time I got done, then I was like, hmm. I should probably turn this into a degree. <laughs> right, right. But at least I didn't have to pay for it, right? So, that, right. yeah, I did, you know, I did pay a little bit, but it was mostly paid for by, you know, like tuition assistance and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, and then I ended up getting a, a psychology degree, a bachelor's in psychology. And oh, after okay. I finished that, I, I realized I didn't really want a job in psychology. So right. that's my college story. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that's, been, that's yeah. a lot of people's that's story. A they lot go down the path yeah, and they get right. there and they go, Wow, okay. Uh, I don't really know that I want to do that. What I learned is I don't like this. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. You know, I mean, it's not that I, I can't use that thing that I learned. I'm, it's just not going to be my job. That's all. Anyway, so let's move on from there. Um, okay, so... What did you do immediately after high school? Is that when you just dove right into the Cutco thing? So I just kept kept doing it. So I was a gotcha. top I was a top rep for the company for probably three or four years, top twenty five in the company. I'm about a hundred thousand reps, and then I went into management. So I ran a recruiting office in Portland, recruited about six hundred reps that year, and we were number five in the country. Uh, so we did really well with that. But you work all the time. Uh, yeah. During that time, I got married, had my my first uh, baby. Um, my wife at the time still she stayed home, and uh, so during that process, uh, I then got out of management. And there was a there was a guy, a friend of mine in Ohio, that was selling Cutco to home builders, and he was engraving their information on the knife. So I was like, that's a pretty good idea. So I sold this some around here. And then I started practicing with realtors and loan officers, and we'd engrave their data on the knife, and then they'd give it out as a closing gift. Okay, I um, like it. Within, within 18 months, my sales were almost double the number two rep in the company because my clients were reordering, right? Okay. And right. <laughs> I, I partnered with Cutco. We launched. That was 12 years ago. At the same time, I started an engraving company in my parents' garage with one engraving machine and my stepdad. And since that point, it has grown uh, substantially. It's become the largest closing gift company in North America. We've done oh, over a wow. hundred million in sales. The oh, engraving wow. company grew out of the garage and now is in a 12,000 square foot facility with 50 employees. That's your we own personal about a thousand Apple a day. story. I love that. <laughs> right. All good things start in the garage. That's right. And, That's right. And, uh, so 
in terms of that job, I oversee the local market in Portland. We still sell to realtors and lenders here. And then I oversee the program for North America. I consult with the company. And then I own the engraving company that does probably 90% of the engraving for the United States. And it's right here in Vancouver, Washington. We wow. 500 to 1,000 knives a day, every day. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. That's fun. Yeah. Wow. Pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So, uh, I think we're at that point where we should talk about one of these tease things. Let's, let's talk about how you ended up owning a bus before we dive into the superhero origin story of best day of my life, which I want to get. Okay. It's a great story. So, um, me and my first wife, we had three kids. Um, we got divorced years ago and I got remarried and she brought five kids. She brought five. I had three. All right. Good. We had, we now have eight kids and we have, um, how do you get anywhere with eight kids as two adults? That's 10 people. And right. what, okay. what happened gotcha. was you have two choices. You either uh, get one of those box vans, like, uh, you know, the big Ford vans, right. or you uh, drive two cars. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm kind of out there. I like wild, fun things. And I was like, you know, what? I want to get a bus. And she said at the time, absolutely not. I would never, I wouldn't know. Please no. And I'm like, I think I'm going to get a bus. And she's like, okay, well, if you're going to get a bus, just please call me first. Now, I'd never <laughs> been in a relationship where I had asked to buy anything. So this yeah. was all new to me. Right. So I was like, okay, okay I'll call. That's fine. That's fair. Does it, so I went all out I, all I you're agreeing to is calling at this point. Right. right. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Apparently, I was wrong. But right in my mind at that point. Yeah. So I went out and I looked around. I found a terrible bus. It's the worst one you've ever found in your life. I talked him down to $1,000. And I called her. She didn't answer. I bought the bus. That was fine. <laughs> Brought the you bus did, home. You did do what you promised to do. So. Right? I totally thought it was fine. You yes. know. Yeah. So I brought the bus home. It was in the driveway. It had birds in it and bees. It was rough. And she came home and she's like, um, I don't know what that is in the driveway. I think you should have it towed away. I don't know. It looks terrible. I would never ride in that. I'm like, it'll be fine. So me and some of the kids, I uh, spent a lot of money, over $10,000, refurbished the entire bus, put a big fam on the license plate. And um, then it had 21 seats. Then I learned I had to get a commercial driver's license to and drive I was like, it. Oh, to drive it because there's too many seats. Yeah, and I was like, oh gosh, well. So I looked into that, and there's two ways to get a commercial driver's license. You either take a class that's a month long, costs three thousand dollars, or you have your employer certify you. And I, I own my own company, so I can't certify myself. So I went to um, the a logging company that I did gifts for. And I'm like, Hey, I need your help certifying me to drive my bus. And he said, all right, I'll help you, whatever I can do. So anyways, he did the paperwork and, um, I went, I took, I thought I could just wing the test. I went flunked immediately. Cause I, she's like, what do you, she's like points at the tire. What are you looking for here? I'm like, I don't know. There's a tire there. Wrong answer. Apparently. <laughs> and so I failed the test. I went back, I studied again, but I had the waiver, right? So I didn't have to take the month long course. Like if you're going to drive a semi truck rig. Okay. So, I went in and she, I got, I passed the test. I went into departmental licensing and I remember this older lady and she looks at me and she goes, so the logging company taught you how to drive the little bus. And I looked right at her and I said, how do you think we get the loggers around? She said, all right, stamped it. And that's how I got my commercial driver's license. That was a decade ago. And uh, the bus, even though the kids are mostly grown at this point, is still one of the most handy things I've ever owned. I'll never get rid of it. From looking at Christmas lights with the neighbors to taking the kids to prom to going camping, it is such a handy vehicle. And it's a 1982 Ford bus, still has a little blue shag carpet on part of the roof on the inside. 
and it, it's just awesome. You've got way. a place to so, live in case everything goes to shit. Heck yeah, I'm fine <laughs> in the bus. It's big, it's roomy. I have a little disco ball in there. Have you ever Fantastic. seen the movie Mr. Fantastic? Right? I haven't. No. <laughs> you have to see that movie. Okay. You, you would love it because you know they drive around in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So, okay. So now we know how you ended up with eight kids that that's, what's that like? I mean, I've got a buddy, I think there's now like, um, I think he's up to nine people and three animals living in his house. Okay. So, right. yeah. So I, I have uh, some having, exposure, but <laughs> you know, having a lot of kids is great. I found that the hardest number of children to have is quantity one because right. you go from single to having a kid and your life is so much different right. having two is better because they play with each other and after three it really doesn't make any difference because you're already doing everything right that right, right you're doing anyways you're cooking you're cleaning you're doing you're transporting so um <laughs> i don't know i've had tons of kids for so long that it's just it's it's, it's all about perspective right that's so the only people, way you know now right it's the only way i know so if people go yeah. oh you have so many kids i'm like i guess but i it doesn't feel like that many it's, it's not that big that of a deal because you know yeah. it's just yeah gotcha sure. okay <laughs> okay so not so bad so okay now let's get into this because i like this uh this the origin story of best day of my life mm-hmm. um so it, it kind of started out as like a snarky joke so let's get into that Sure. So my top rep of all time, uh, Adam, he calls me one day. He lives in San Diego. He just calls. He says, hey, how's your day? I'm like, oh, best day of my life. And he just he just received it. He thought it was a funny little chuckle. But then he picked up the vernacular just like we do with our friends. He just started saying it. People ask him, hey, how's, how's your day, Adam? He's like, I have best day of my life. And his girlfriend at the time liked it. So she put it on a T-shirt for him and his two roommates. And they went out wearing their best day of my life T-shirts. And something interesting happened. What happened was people stopped him. They're like, well, it's today the best day of your life. And well, what does that mean? Are you just positive or did something happen? And it sparked conversation in a world that's super distracted. And then they started getting that question that a lot of entrepreneurs get. They got the question of, where do I get one of those? And they're like, well, I don't know. You go make one, I guess. So what they did is fantastic. They went online. Somehow the URL was available. They, they bought bestdayofmylife.com for 40 bucks off GoDaddy. Wow, then okay. Then they went to um, the National Registry of whatever, and they applied and were granted the trademark, which is crazy that that was not taken. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> then what happened is they put together an Indiegogo Kickstarter campaign, and they launched, and the craziest thing happened. They sold $10,000 worth of shirts in five days. Wow. That's amazing. Crazy. Five days. Right. Okay. Five days. And the, the shirts are really cool, actually. On the inside, it's printed. It says, uh, step one, wear a shirt. Step two, have the best day of your life. Step three, take pictures. Step, step four, share with us on Facebook or Instagram at best day of my life. So what oh, happens wow. is it's self-perpetuating people sharing their best days. So even though we just launched 15, 16 weeks ago, we already have almost 7,000 followers on Instagram already, amazing. which is pretty cool. Wow. So- What's cool is that they launched, it was five years ago, but after they launched, it just kind of sat. Like people wanted to buy stuff, but they didn't have anything to sell them because they made their first order to ship out that $10,000, but they didn't have a warehouse, they didn't have shipping, they didn't have packaging. They, they weren't, they they weren't ready. They didn't have a business. They just no, had an idea. No, they didn't have, gotcha. exactly. So I heard about this. Being the entrepreneur I am, it hurts my heart. I'm like, God, give it back to me. I'll, I'll do it. Give it to me. So I was trying to buy it from them for four years. And eventually they just said, <laughs> Oh, fine. fine. <laughs> we'll sell it to you. <laughs> okay. 
they sold it to me and we relaunched and it has been going crazy well. We have hoodies, we have t-shirts, we have tank tops, we have baby onesies the day you're born automatically best day of your life. There you go. We have hats and it's going exceptionally well. And uh, what's cool about that is it's going in a lot of different directions. A lot of people just go online and they buy, right? Okay, right. So they just go to our website, bestdaymylife.com and buy. In fact, if you're listening to this, go on there, use um, code Jeff, J-E-F-F, and you'll take 25% off whatever you want. Oh, wow. Um, cool. Yeah, kind of cool for your audience. Um, we also got into, we did this big apparel show in Vegas just last weekend. And we're now carried in 13 stores. Oh, wow. They picked us oh, up. <laughs> we all, Good for we you. Do co- right? <laughs> I'm in Vegas. I can do, go buy one. <laughs> we, also do, we also do co-branding. So, for example, uh, in Portland, Oregon here, if you go to the Ducati motorcycle dealership and you buy a new bike, they give you a custom one in their colors with Ducati on the sleeve. You get a picture in the red room. Best day of my life. Our first college picked us up, Marquette University in uh, Wisconsin, that did a custom one in their colors that is in the front of the student's store when you walk in there uh, at the college. So the, it's kind of endless where it's going. You know, right, it could right. go a million different ways. Yeah. Um, but it, it's pretty cool uh, where it's going so far. And it's been a lot of fun. That's the best part. What I love about this company more than anything is there's nothing negative around it. Negative right. people avoid it. Right. Happy people right. that are promoting happy things. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's 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 so much negativity, you know. Um, so <laughs> anything like I remember John Lennon told this story about going to this art exhibit and uh, and there it was this sort of like one of what do they call it? Like an installation, right? Where you mm-hmm. actually had to interact with this piece of art. And um, and at the end of it you had to walk up this ladder and and peel down this little um, piece of paper. And it would expose just one word, and it said yes. <laughs> and he was like, "I love it." <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Okay, so it, it sounds like you're having a blast doing best day of my life, and I think I kind of want one of your t-shirts now. Um, so let's uh, before we forget, let's talk about uh, how you spent an entire day with a sticker on your head. Okay. So, so this, this is like this a prank a, story. This is a good, obviously this is a good fun story. <laughs> right. So I've always been into the cars, fun cars, fast cars, exotic cars, whatever. But last summer I decided I'm, I've never tried I've never really ridden a motorcycle, but I'm going to try. So I went and took the class and I, I went through and I passed and I immediately went down and bought a super bike because that makes zero sense to be your first bike. So I went down, I bought a super bike, bought the best gear, airbag jacket, best helmet, full gear, want to keep my skin on my body. It's great. And I ride the bike. It's super fun. I love it. So just three, four weeks ago, um, I was riding my bike and, um, I went out to dinner. Okay. Um, I, even better. I driven the bike all day. I drove it home and then I got in one of my cars and I went to dinner and I'm sitting there at dinner and I, I got off the bike probably at 1130 in the morning. So dinner time, six, six thirty, right? Okay. Right. And right. it was a hot day, humid in Portland and, um, a sweaty a little bit. And I was just, it was fine. It was just a normal hot day here. Right. And, um, I had dinner and, uh, you know, night, a nicer restaurant, Mexican restaurant. And then I, I come home and I just went up, you know, like you're a little sweaty, like wipe the sweat off your head, like after the gym or something. Sure. I was a little sweaty and I went to like wipe the sweat off my head. And I was like, what is that? And sure enough, on off the inside of the helmet was some sticker, something <laughs> like make sure to lower visor to not <laughs> impede your vision or something. And this sucker was probably 
two and a half inches long by an inch high. That's not a little sucker. It was stuck right square in the back of my head all day long. All day. Wow. And I reached back. I was like, are you kidding me? You know how many people saw this sticker? (laughs) Didn't say anything, right? (laughs) So the moral of this story is if you see your friends, there's something on their face or something in their nose, be a good friend. Tell them. (laughs) Don't just let them walk through their day living that kind of life. Just don't do it. Be a better friend. And that's what my moral of the story was. So I'm really trying to help out people a lot more since that happened to me. But it was a little embarrassing, a little funny. But uh, yeah, stick around on the back of the head all day. Thanks for sharing. I was I was kind of thinking it was going to be somebody pranked you, but it's it's better that it's accidental, you know, (laughs) because you have nobody to be mad at, you know. Correct. So that's great. So, okay. So I'm looking at your, um, your suggested topics. We've already talked about entrepreneurship, but okay. So now you've got a, a, a bullet point that I'm interested in. Um, you've got in on here wealth management. So obviously you've made some money. I have. I have. <laughs> you started when you were very young. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your philosophy on wealth management. Great. So I think the most important thing for your average consumer. So what right. I mean by that is your average person out there that's having a normal job making 30 to 70 grand a year and whatnot. I think right. the biggest thing is to stay very much in alignment with the Dave Ramsey philosophy. Okay. Get the debt, get away from debt, put for some sure. money away. Yeah. These kind of things. I was making 200,000 a year, years and years and years ago, and I was spending more than I was making. Right. And what I learned is regardless how much you make, if you spend more, you're still broke. Correct. So I went to one of his little seminars in the local thing, implemented his thing, did the envelope system and all the thing back in the day. And it changed my life forever. Yeah. So uh, avoiding debt, paying cash for things, negotiating that right there alone is a huge thing that will change people's lives. So if you're on this, if you're listening to this uh, right now at home or at work or wherever, and you have some debt, you have credit card debt, you have car loans, you have something, go buy the Dave Ramsey course and just do it because your life will be a million times better once you're not dealing with debt anymore. Amen. Now, once, yeah. now, once debt's taken care of and that's off the plate, then it's about figuring out where to put your money that's going to give you the best return on your investment in a right. safe way. I sure. was never into the stock market. I don't invest in things I don't understand, and I never understood that. Okay. Um, I watched a lot of people work a long time, put a whole bunch of money in there, and then something shifted in the economy or with a company or whatnot, and then they're broke or half broke. And okay. that scared me. Right, right. So for me, the safest bet for me was always me because – I trust myself more than I trust anybody else. Okay. So for me, it was investing in my companies, investing in my ideas, right. and aligning myself with proven business partners that were going to make that money grow at a major um, multiple. Okay. Also, I'm a big fan of real estate. Real estate, uh, one of my wealthiest clients here in Portland, Oregon, her name's Arlene Schnitzer, m- mega wealthy lady. Right. Um, <laughs> she, she said, you know, Tony, this is the reality. They're not making any more land. It's finite. People need a place to live. So I've been in um, buying single family residence um, investment properties uh, for years and years and years and made that a cash flow part of my life. Oh, nice. It's great as well. So uh, for me, it's dumping money into my businesses and new businesses where I see a great return on investment, whether I'm going to scale it up big and just grow it and run as a cash flow business or sell it. Mm, or right. putting it into real estate and just parking it there. My business partner, for example, is under contract by a mobile home park because there's a great return on mobile home parks. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's learned all about it, and that's what he's buying into now. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of great things, whether 
you just have to look on what the return is on the investment and then stay the hell away from debt. That's if you can take anything away from this, put a little money aside, save some cash, emergency comes up. Yeah. Right. But you got to stay away from debt. You got to live within your means. Mm. Right. And yeah. that, that, that's a big deal for people. Cause I think people live at their means and then something happens and then they can't fathom how to handle it or what to do with it. Yeah. You live within yeah. your means and something major happens. Guess what? You're still okay. Right. You got some money saved. The air conditioner breaks, you just fix it. You know, there's these different things. So Yeah, well, yeah. My, I, I, what, one of my things that I learned along the way, I think it was in Tony Robbins' money book. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't remember who, but one of the guys that he interviewed for that, these mega rich dudes, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Ray Dalio, maybe, is one of those guys. Um, he was like, okay, it doesn't really matter how much you make. That's that's not the the key indicator of whether or not you're going to have money at the end that, you know, right. like wealth. It what matters is how much you keep. No doubt. <laughs> right? No doubt. Cuz there's a lot of people that earn and earn and earn and earn and then they spend it all, right? So at at some point you have to figure out how to think like, okay, what do I really need to spend and what it, what can like what can I save? You know, it's almost like that idea of pay yourself first. Right. And then it's designing different businesses, in my world anyways, to right. give you an abundance of money so you can buy the things you really want and do the things you really want. I never understood the entrepreneurs that worked really hard, made it, and then still had a miserable existence. Yeah. They worked harder. They have you, you, They work 90 hours a week. They have plenty of money. They have the family. They have everything. And they're miserable. I never understood that ever. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, right. it's also about the quality of questions. And um, you know, this next statement may seem boastful, but I don't know you or anyone on the audience all that well, so I'm okay. okay. Um, the, someone comes up to me at the gas station not too long ago. I, one of my cars is a Ferrari, right? Okay. And someone comes up to me at the gas station like, oh, what's the payment on that? And I look right at him and I said, that's the wrong question. Because if you're doing a payment on a Ferrari, you understand nothing about money. <laughs> nothing the payment is zero i own this car and all of my cars i would never have a car payment that's a terrible idea right so it's the quality of questions it's the quality of how who you surround yourself with right if you surround yourself with people that are mediocre with money and mediocre with wealth guess what you're the fifth right yeah it's no different you have to up your game a little bit spend time with people that are better at things than you and then get smart. You know, you're, the, the equation, the biggest equation I think people get wrong in life is the equation of selling time for money. That is mm. an equation you will never win because right. you, me, the richest guy in the world, the poorest guy in the world all have the same amount of time in the day. So when mm-hmm. you sell your time for money, regardless of how much you make on that dollar per hour, you can never get to an exciting level because you're getting paid for time. When you get paid for a result – everything changes because then you can scale the result through people or systems or automation or whatever. Right. And then it becomes exciting. And we live in this country and we're so lucky because you can get out of this exactly what you put into it. You want to do incredible things here? You can do that. Why are immigrants so much more likely to succeed here? Because they've seen it elsewhere. They know how good it is here. Right. 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 So yeah, yeah. that resonates with me heavily, especially with the younger people that some of them are entitled and they're like, oh, I deserve, you don't deserve anything. You deserve to go out and work and earn whatever it is you want. Right. You're lucky enough to be born here in this country where you can do that. There's some people that don't have that opportunity. So I never wanted to take that lightly in my life. I wanted to go after it, you Mm. know? Mm. No, I get it. 
You know, and, and now, now that you say that, I, I have to say, uh, I just got another job. <laughs> I'm think, happy for you. Thanks, thanks. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having a job. If 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 I think it it's coming at like uh, life for me on your own terms. So I spent exactly. a lot of time trying to be you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Turns out I'm not. That's okay. And that's okay. Exactly. Right. Some of us, I, I think most people out there um, don't have that sort of like entrepreneur gene that you were born with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there's, and that's okay. You know, they're going to, uh, it doesn't really matter how, to me. It doesn't matter how you make your money. It's like if you, you just have to learn how to keep something. Right. No doubt. <laughs> and you know, the, the easiest way is if you just spend less than you make, and stay away from right, that. We're right. going to be okay. You're I have a friend that literally yeah. makes $40,000 a year. He's got 350000 saved. He owns his house. Wow. He yeah. has peace. He has peace in his heart when he sleeps at night. I have other friends that right. make 300000 a year. And they are stressed out all the time. How right. are we going to pay this big payment? Yeah. I don't have any money saved. Oh, shoot. Sally got hurt. She's in the hospital. How am I going to pay these bills? Right. Oh, tax guy came. Oh, gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah. That's not a life that's exciting. No, no. yeah. And it's, it, it's, I don't, I have friends like that too, you know, and you, I, I try to teach them, you know, it's just like, this isn't hard. <laughs> right. You know, it just, I guess everybody needs the Dame, the Dame, uh, Dave Ramsey programs or something similar. For me, it was, uh, I learned, have you ever heard of the, the website Motley Fool? Uh, no. Okay. Well, yeah, probably not because you just told me that you didn't, you, you're, you're kind of like leery of the stock market, but they're, they're all about like teaching you how to make money in the stock market slow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I got lucky enough to find the, that website when I was – actually, it was before it was even a website. I got a book way back when okay. in the 80s or something. And, and that – and then while I was doing that already, then I met this other guy that was like – you know, he was like basically the same rank as me in the Air Force. And, mm-hmm. and he, he was like, so how much are you saving? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm maxing out my IRA. And he's like, that's it? You got to do better than that, dude. <laughs> right? You're not saving enough, and I'm like, really? And we just sat there for like an hour, right? And uh-huh. and and he was like, this is what you got to do. You, you got to forget about the Kardashians. You got to forget about the Joneses. You got to forget yep. about all of that bullshit that people are are throwing at you on TV, and just get down to nitty gritty and just start saving as much as you can because you're going to sure. be happy about that later on. And then what you do with that, and, and it was very, very much like, okay, you went through it. You, know, like, you got to pay off all your credit cards. You got yep. to gotta get out of debt. And then do your IRA and do this and do that. And then yep. go to this Motley Fool website and figure all that out. And mm-hmm. thank God. You know, it was funny because um, I think I met that guy, let's see, somewhere around 97, 98. Okay. I, and then later on in, shoot, uh, I have to think now. When was that? Like around 2000. Then, a couple of years later, that I, I had met him in Florida, and then I ran into him on a bus <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Awesome. Yeah, in Saudi Arabia. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because we had That's crazy. I know, right? <laughs> totally random. And and he's like, "Hey, man, how much money do you have?" <laughs> I love it. He's right back on you. Accountability. I love yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm rocking it, dude." <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm and I'm banking a bunch of money because I'm tax free. And he's like, I know right? it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I learned my my lesson um, back then. Oh, I have a funny story that goes along with that too. That might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, like ten thousand dollars in the bank. Okay. Um, I think it was like a wedding gift. It was like ten or twelve thousand dollars. And uh, and I also had at the same time like ten or ten thousand or twelve thousand dollars of credit card debt because I was mm-hmm. an idiot when I was younger, right? And I was I was spending all this time trying to explain to my wife like that we should you know take the money out of the bank and pay off the credit card math, you know, because right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just makes sense. And and she was like, but then we wouldn't have any money in the bank. Right. That was her that was her argument. Sure. sure. And I kind of got it, but it didn't make math sense. So then I went and I uh, I, I told the same story to uh, one of the bosses that at my job that it turned out she was tutoring him in Japanese. OK. So when she uh, no, he told her about, you know, paying off the credit card, then she was ready to do the pay off the credit card. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Because anything I say uh, is obviously wrong. Obviously. She knew that. She married you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, hey, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, as we wrap up, how can folks best get in touch with Tony Carlston of bestdayofmylife.com? Sure. So, great question. Go to bestdayofmylife.com. Pick up some product um, on there. Use the, the code Jeff, like I talked about, follow us on social media, best day of my life. It's what it is. It's easy to follow. And, uh, you know, start, get involved, get involved in the movement. If you're also, I wanted to mention something earlier. I forgot to mention, sure. uh, we, we print on extremely high quality products. None of our stuff is cheap. So it's actually great gear. It's super comfortable. You have it a long time, which is important, yeah. but we're also a charity fundraising platform. So if you're listening and involved with the charity, you need to raise money for Get a hold of me. We'll put together a package where you can promote this to whoever it is that supports your charity, and we'll get 50% of the sales to come right back to you as a charitable donation. That's amazing. So that's one of our programs and platforms that's very successful. And you co-brand, too, so if you're out we, there. We can yeah. absolutely co-brand. And uh, the, the, the possibilities are truly endless. But um, I would say the biggest thing is just buy a shirt. Go out there and put it on. You'll see what happens when you start wearing it yeah. and uh, pushing that forward. And then keep your eye out. I also bought the um, the uh, trademark best night of my life, and that's going to roll out in about six months. You'll see it on our oh, website. So you got a night and some night gear. You got to have some night gear for the <laughs> Vegas gift shops and bachelor parties, right? I love it. Hey, Tony, this has been a blast. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, thank you for spending some time with me today. It's been a lot of fun. All right, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. <laughs>